I don't know how 2020 went for you, but for me, it was one hell of a roller coaster. My whole world was shaken up. It left me feeling completely lost without a clue of who I was or what I even wanted from life. One day, my friend called me after I had spent about a week at her house and told me she didn't think my lost sense of self had anything to do with my circumstances. She said, the problem is you. If you can't figure out what makes you happy, then it's never gonna matter how good your life is. You will always be miserable. And she was so right. That conversation sent me on a journey to find out what made me, well, me. I took a look at the pieces of my life and I had a choice to make. I could either try to rebuild from what was there or walk away from all of it and choose a different path. I chose to walk away. That choice gave me the freedom to build a life I love, a life that felt true to me. I've learned so much along the way and I feel called to share what I've learned. The best way I know how to do that is to use this loud ass mouth God gave me and tell my story. But why stop with just mine? I wanna hear from other amazing humans too, who are living in their truth every day. When we share our stories with others, we give the gift of expansion and freedom to all who hear it. I pray my story and those of my guests offer hope in this world. I pray they allow you to feel seen and loved and to help you feel more connected to yourself and to the divine and challenge you to open your mind in order to see life from a new perspective. Our stories matter, and I'm here to make sure the world has a chance to hear them. This is Tell Me Your Truth. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are going to have a chat about getting rid of belief systems that no longer serve you and old ways of doing things that just don't make sense anymore for your life. Now, what sparked this is actually a conversation that my husband and I had together about, weirdly enough, (laughs) mealtime, okay? And we have two kiddos with dietary restrictions and sensory issues and I have my dietary restrictions my husband's about the only one in the house that doesn't have he can eat pretty much anything we call him garbage gut okay and we got to talking about you know the thing that you hear a lot of people say is I'm I'm not making more than one meal. This isn't a restaurant. You know, we, we just have to, we're making one dinner. If you don't like it, starve. Like all those old things you hear people say and, you know, maybe still say. And we got to thinking about when we were kids, like, how did that feel when you genuinely just didn't want to eat the thing or not even didn't want to, like you generally didn't like the thing that was in front of you for dinner. And knowing that, like, that was the rule in your house, that you ate what was put in front of you or you didn't eat, you know, like you ate whatever you liked, but it wasn't going to be a full meal or whatever, you know, and there was just no complaining. There was no room for opinion. And of course, there was a lot of really good reasons for that. Like, hello, cost saving measures. Not everyone's made out of money. And we got to thinking, like, (sighs) when you go eat at a restaurant and you're all sitting around the table together How many of you are eating the same meal? Probably none of you, right? Nobody's eating the same thing. But is it still the same level of community? Yeah, you're all still together. You're all still eating. You're coming around a dinner table together or a lunch table or whatever together as community. But no one's eating the same thing. Because first of all, not everyone has the same preferences. 
everyone's bodies are different, dietary issues, whatever, right? And so we just kind of jumped down that rabbit hole. And the ultimate conclusion we came up with around not just the mealtime, but just kind of a lot of the value systems and a lot of the, you know, rules that we have in our house, they don't really serve our family. They might have served our moms and dads or our grandparents in their households when they had them in place. But a lot of the things that we enforce as parents, are they really our beliefs and values? Are they really serving our families and our particular needs, right? Now, before anybody goes and has a hissy fit and thinks that I'm trying to say that the way that we were raised was wrong and that all the rules in our house were shitty, that is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, as you grow and become an adult and have a family of your own, you have to make decisions that make the best sense for the family you have, right? The family we have is not the family my mother had or is not the family my dad had, is not the family my grandparents had or his parents or his dads or his aunts, his dad, his aunts and uncles, whatever, you get it. It's not the same because it's just not. (laughs) That's fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So we got to thinking about like, what even are our family values? What even really works for us? And if I'm being 100% honest, we haven't hashed that all the way out. And it's not, this is not a, an episode to talk about what our family values are. This is more of bringing up a challenge, right? Like, let's really take a look and examine why we operate the way we operate. What do we really believe? Do we really believe that everyone has to eat the same meal for us to have a good healthy relationship with food and a good healthy healthy relationship with family and to save money? I will tell you just off that example alone, in our household, that doesn't work. First of all, I like I said at the beginning, we have a lot of dietary restrictions and our kids have sensory issues. There are some foods, it wouldn't matter if they liked how it tasted or it didn't, they're going to throw it up if they put it in their mouth because they literally cannot stand how it feels. They can't help that. <laughs> they can't help that. Nor can they help that they have a gluten allergy and can't have gluten. So by default, we are either all eating around the one person who has the most allergies or we all make something a little bit differently and so that sparked the conversation to also look at other rules we have and other belief systems we have and this is going to be a really short episode or I'm going to be talking in circles but I just found it really interesting that There were so many things that we came up with that really made, might have made sense when we were kids, or maybe we didn't feel like it made sense at all for us when we were kids and we didn't like those things, yet we are still doing them (laughs) 
with our family. And so we kind of set out to figure out what really are our family values. Like what rules do we really want to have? What is more important for us as a family? And place our structures and our rules and our values around what is important for our family. Who are we as people that make up this family? And what do each of our individual wants and needs have to do with the dynamic of the family? And I feel like when you can really take a look at that and really take into consideration who the people are in your family, how they operate, what their wants and needs are, I feel like it makes developing a family culture, I think that's the word I've been looking for, family culture, helps develop a family culture and family values and whatever rules and regulations you end up with in your home. It makes cultivating all those things and ultimately sticking with those things a lot easier. And I know that I will probably get a lot of pushback about this and a lot of challenge and I'll probably be called progressive and whatever else. But you know what? I don't really care because I really, I really feel better doing it this way. And I've noticed that even the few small changes that we've made, the food one being one of them, like that's the first thing we, we fixed it's made our kids so much happier, like so much happier. And I'm so much less stressed because I don't know what happens in your house at mealtime, but my house at mealtime, when I've made a dinner that I know damn good and well, these kids aren't going to eat, but I have to sit there and force them to eat this because it's what's for dinner and it's what I made. That never goes well in my house. We're all crying. We're all upset. We're all frustrated. We're all pissed off. And I don't, I don't think you can digest food properly in that state of mind anyway. So then we've eaten this meal and now it's not sitting well in our bodies or my kids are crying and hungry because they legitimately can't bring themselves to put the mashed potatoes in their mouth. How fair is that? Is that worth it? Like, is all of that worth it? Was all of that fight worth it? Because let's be real at the end of the day, they are kids. And if they want to eat macaroni and cheese for a week straight, they will eventually burn themselves out on macaroni and cheese. When I'm looking at my family dynamic and the stress that I had around mealtime every freaking night, it is so not necessary. I know my children are getting what they need every day to grow. They drink tons of water. They take their probiotics. They take their vitamins. They're not fed things that upset their, their stomachs. So if at mealtime they want to eat a sandwich every night for a week, it's not the end of the damn world. And it's not a hill I can I need to die on, right? As long as they come to the dinner table and we can sit with each other and we can have a nice conversation and connect around the table, it does not matter to me what the hell everyone is eating, right? And maybe that does to you and that's fine. But again, like I said, this is not the point. It's just the example. Take a look at some of the hills you're dying on in your parenting game and with your spouse and even with yourself and some of the things you beat yourself up for or get really frustrated. Like, what are the pain points? What are the sticking points, right? What are, what are the things in your family life 
that are like, oh, why does this have to be so hard all the time? And I just use mealtime because if you're a parent with small kids, this is a a universal issue, right? Um, At some point in your life, you will have kids that they just do not cooperate at mealtimes unless they're eating a chicken nugget or macaroni or whatever their favorite food is, right? So when Jordan and I were going through like, what is it that we want? One of our biggest family values that we did end up on is we want to be connected and we want to be gentle with each other. Yelling and screaming at the kids at dinner because they're not eating their roasted chicken and potatoes and green beans, that is not being gentle with each other. That is stressful. That is insane. And that is not necessary. And it is not a hill that we are choosing to die on right now. I want my children to develop a healthy relationship with me, with their father, with our family dynamic as a whole, and holding on to old ways of doing things and old belief systems that clearly are not working in our home does not foster that environment. It does not foster that connection. And it's not worth it to me anymore to hold on to a value or belief system that is very clearly no longer working. So that's really all I have. (laughs) Take a look, figure it out. What are the pain points in your home? What are you seeing that you're constantly frustrated with all the time? And is that somehow tied to something you think you should be doing as a parent or as a wife or as a husband or whatever? Are there a lot of shoulds going on and are they creating a lot of friction in your home and with yourself? And if they are, can you change them? Are they linked to something that just at the end of the day just does not ring true to you, does not work for you or your family? And then make a change. It worked for us with the mealtime stuff. And like I said, we're still working around a lot of this and still hashing out like where some of these old patterns are at and can they be changed and what can we do? So we're not on the other side of this at this point. But I feel like feel like this is another rock wall situation. Like I'm just far enough up the wall to reach back and go, hey, <laughs> this worked. We're going to keep going. Come on, put your hand here, put your foot there. You get it. So I'm out, y'all. That's all I have. See you next week and I love you. Thanks so much for listening, guys. If you loved what you heard today, leave me a rating and review. It's how the podcast grows and how others can find the show. For a more behind-the-scenes look at my life, head on over to my Instagram at Nikki underscore T-M-Y-T. And for this episode's show notes, as well as all previous episodes, you can head over to tmytcast.com forward slash episodes. Again, thank you guys so much for listening and I will catch you next week.